For the ones who get going when the going gets tough. And the ones who know we're tougher together. For the pathfinders breaking new ground. Granger offers supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as fast access to experts and 24-7 customer support. Because we know you have people depending on you. So you can always depend on us. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Sam Roberts Wrestling Podcast. Introducing your host from New York, here is Sam Roberts. Welcome to the post-WrestleMania version of Sam Roberts Wrestling Podcast. My voice is still a little shot, I think, from WrestleMania. Um... Very special podcast this week. Not only do we have an amazing guest, but Katie Linendahl and I were both, my friend Katie, at WrestleMania over the weekend. And so I'm going to have her not only be doing this week's interview with me, but she will join me on the state of wrestling as we talk everything that happened at WrestleMania, the whole WrestleMania weekend, get into the NXT show, which was incredible. Um, And of course, this week's episode of Monday Night Raw. Uh, but before we do any of that, we were, uh, Katie and myself, part of WrestleMania weekend was WrestleMania Radio Row, where they set us up on at Access. And it's the most amazing thing in the world for a wrestling fan. You sit there, and wrestlers just come to you. They just bring wrestlers to you, and they sit down, and you get to talk to them for 20 minutes. It's an incredible thing, sometimes longer than 20 minutes. For instance, I think in this case... Bray Wyatt. We spoke to Bray Wyatt a couple of days before what one could argue was the biggest match of his career, the WrestleMania 31 match against The Undertaker, which completely did not disappoint. None of WrestleMania disappointed. You talk about a show that had low expectations going in and just obliterated them. My God. Well, I got to talk to Bray Wyatt alongside Katie Linendahl uh, at WrestleMania Radio Row, and I wanted to share that with you this week on the podcast, so here it is, this week's guest, days before WrestleMania, Bray Wyatt. And now, the Sam Roberts Wrestling Podcast interview. Last time I saw you, I had one camera and a tripod and the screen was turned around so i'm uncomfortable in that environment this is very professional (laughs) well that's why i'm a professional broadcaster welcome here to uh radio row at wrestlemania access with yours truly sam roberts and katie linendahl the eater of worlds bray wyatt bray what's the haps oh yeah, here we go. I don't know what that means, man. Can't you just say, "Hey, how are you doing?" Or you can't good, put, "Good to see you," or "Congratulations," or "How are you, friend?" You're like, what's the haps? You can't put that on a T-shirt. You can put that on a T-shirt. I won't. You won't put what's the haps. <laughs> <laughs> well, listen, it is good to see you, and congratulations. Oh boy, I was just making sure it wasn't real. No, it says twenty-one and zero on it, which is should it say accurate. Twenty-one and two. This is a big time to be Bray Wyatt because you've got the big Undertaker match this year at WrestleMania. Do you – how important is – was the streak to you? Obviously, that was what the last 21 – 22 Undertaker matches yeah. have been about the streak. Now the streak's broken. 
and you're the first guy to, to pop up after. Is it is it a bummer? Is it does it make the match more interesting? To me, the first twenty two matches were about the Undertaker. It wasn't necessarily about the streak. It was it was just forming this this legacy, this empire behind the, the man we know as the Phenom. And what I like about it is that is that there is no streak now. There's nothing there, there's there's no reward held over his head like that anymore. There's no pressure. The pressure comes from this year. It's not about him. It's about me. It, this is mine. I'm you know I created this. I called him out. I put the uh, I put the road down for him to walk, and and challenge was accepted. But it's my time now. It's it's my match. It's my WrestleMania, and. And when, if and when you know the rest, uh, the Undertaker does show up, he, he's he's gonna have to he's gonna have to kill me basically, you know, <laughs> because this is mine, and that, that's how I that, that's how I really feel. That said, who has more to lose? Um, that's a very good question. Uh, I tend to think that uh, if the Undertaker loses. Where, where does the Undertaker go? What, what is left for the Undertaker? It might be the end. Yeah, and, and what a proud, you know, accomplishment that would be. If, if you go down, you know, etched in history, you know, as the guy that ended the Undertaker. Right. You know, you are your own legend. You really now. bury him. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you are your own legend right here today. You know, for, for all of time, you are the guy that took down the Undertaker forever. Yeah, you know, Brock will always go down as the guy that ended the streak. But it, 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 to me, it's and that's even more important. You know, you were the last one to ever share uh, a ring with the Undertaker of WrestleMania. Why not make this a retire match instead of a, if you could make it any kind of match, coffin match, it, you name it? What would your choice have been? Well, obviously, uh, my forte comes with m the less rules, the better. You know, I, 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 I appreciate uh, the danger in, involved with all the outside uh, influence. So if I had to choose a match, obviously I wouldn't choose a casket or buried alive because that's kind of his forte. I'd want it to go more in my uh, ballpark. Maybe you should stick with that death match yeah, hey, you had. Yeah, that, that sounds good to me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Murder. <laughs> Whenever, whoever murders the other one first wins. Uh, some, something tells me it might be like that anyway. <laughs> Uh, what do you think of these giant matches for you? Because you're a young guy, and, and, and you've been given a big spotlight to shine. You had John Cena last year, which is you know a huge match. He's the face of the company. You've got Undertaker this year. Is winning and losing that important for Bray Wyatt, or is just having the spot at this point in your career really the, the reward? I think a mixture of both. This is... Uh, this is... This is something I wanted to get across here. You know, I'm not trying to become Undertaker in no way, shame, or form. Uh, I'm trying to be Bray, and I'm trying to create my own legacy. So going forward, you know, all these big matches and all these giant, you know, things that I've done and the, what I'll do in the future, it all will, you know, end with, with a message, you know, that I'll be remembered for. And I want one day for a young guy to find out that he is going to be wrestling Bray Wyatt at WrestleMania, and I want everyone in the room to come congratulate him, you know, just like you are congratulating me on 
wow, this epic opportunity of right. getting to wrestle The Undertaker at WrestleMania. Uh, I want that. Yeah. Do you think more people need? It seems like you think about being Bray Wyatt very differently, almost old school, like the way the way characters, the way wrestlers used to be. Whereas this is not a character as much as it is an extension of your personality. Nobody really knows where the line is drawn, and you're thinking long term about it. You're thinking like you know Bray Wyatt as Bray Wyatt is going to be around. I'm not just riding a wave. I'm I'm kind of crafting a thing, and this is what works now because ten years from now. You know, we're still building this road. Do you think more people should think about characters like that when they're when they're developing personalities? Yeah, uh, I, I mean, I never saw myself anywhere but this. This was, you know, this is my dream. This this was my dream, and it will always be my dream. I'm not one of those people that's like that wants to come here and do whatever, and you know, and dance over here and do this and be on stars and blah, 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 stupid shows. You know, this is who I am and this is where I want to be. Why would I ever want to leave this spot? Right. This is, this is, you know, this is what I actually care about. I don't know that I can give myself to something as much as I've given myself to this. It, it just wouldn't be real. And that authenticity, that is, that is what I try to, to give the people that watch me. I, I want them to know that I'm not trying to, to play any tomfoolery here. Right. I want them to know that I'm giving them everything and that I mean everything I say. And every movement I make is all because I, I just have to have them believe that it's me. It's all me the whole time. Can we talk about one movement, too? I, I threw out my back a couple weeks ago trying to do a <laughs> spider walk. Uh, where'd that come from, man? I, I, you know what? I can't explain it. It just is what it is. And I just, uh, I wonder why no one thought of it before me. <laughs> so good. It's so yoga? random. Is that, is that, a, is no, that a yoga? I, I, I mean, I have, I've, I've tried yoga and, you know, DDP shots out. I check them out. But uh, uh, I, I'm not really into yoga. I stretch and I've always been in athletics and I think, uh, I spent my entire life trying to destroy my body, the only body I have. <laughs> so, so I've kind of uh, taken stretching, you know, very serious because I have to keep it together as much as I can if I'm going to have this long career. And uh, yeah, I, I don't know. It, maybe I'm double jointed. I don't it's, know. It's incredible. I can just do it. <laughs> but, but but right off of that too, I have to go from the spider walk to yeah. Sister Abigail. Right. Where did naming the move after your sister come from? Not my sister. No, not my sister. Yeah, nice try, though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It, um, is there a grand plan for that? Like, like, is that one of the, is, is Sister Abigail one of these concepts? Because you talk about Sister Abigail, you name the move after Sister Abigail, and, and Sister Abigail as a as a concept comes up in your promos. Is this just something like I've thought of this thing that sounds mysterious, or is there a game plan in this I thing? Do that to you, me personally. Anyway. I wouldn't. I wouldn't give you something that I don't ever think could could Ooh. could be. You know, it it is something that means a lot to me. She is something that meant a lot to me. And and people have asked me that same question before, and they think I'm lying. Well, I don't lie. I have nothing to hide. Uh, the Abigail was flesh and blood and and real and breathing, just like you and I. She was real. Still is. Ooh. And and. Um, when it, if, it, if and when it ever comes, it will happen. 
when did it, when did things click? Because obviously you had a, a, a short career before we saw Bray Wyatt, and you know you didn't have a, a real identity, but you were you obviously had a passion for what you were doing. When did it click that you were like, wait, this is the person I need to become. This is the person I need to put on display. Like, what what, what was that moment? When I was forced to be something I wasn't, I was Husky Harris. And that wasn't me. That was if that was fiction. That was fallacy. It was crap. It was something. It was. It was. You know, the blueprint of our society is is forcing me to be something that I that I don't want to be. And and it took me to a very dark time, place in my life, where I had to start figuring out things. And and I was so miserable and so full of hate and rage that I I had to start. I had to have some kind of outlet. And this became therapeutic to me. Like you remember, uh, you guys should both remember this. You remember Steve Austin in ECW? Sure. When he started becoming Steve Austin, mm-hmm. it was the same exact experience. So he here's a guy that's been forced to be something because it fit it fit right into the times. You know, here's pop culture. Be, be our pop culture guy. Be our pop culture guy. You're not stunning Steve Austin. He never was. He was he was always the rattlesnake, and when he was allowed to be the rattlesnake is when he came out to light. And the first time, I went out there with a mic, and you're supposed to. We, we used to do like these things where you'd have a minute to talk, and I would do eight minutes because I didn't care anymore. And if and if I was gonna be let go, let go of me, let me go, you know. Yeah. I, I just have to. I have to let you know that there's more to me. I have to. I have to break the rules so that I can grab you and shake you and say, notice me, you know? And and that was the only outlet I had. So as, as much as I could, I would just boom, 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 boom. And I remember the first couple of times I did it, I'd walk out and everyone would be like, whoa. You know, it was the first time I, uh, that I felt that, you know, and it was an addiction, you know? The first time I, I let it out, I finally felt like, and I could see it, and you know it's real, and you know it works. Whenever, when all your peers that see this crap over and over and over, they tell you, "Wow, man, that was that was really good." And they don't want to admit it's good because no. you are competitive. Right. Yeah, hundred you know? percent. You know, and when they do, you know, it's it's an ode. You know, there's, there's there's really good people in this in this industry in this company, and uh, I've been very fortunate. How great is that, though, to get to that point? At the time, I'm sure it doesn't feel great, but you, you hear that a lot of people. To really get to the point in your life yeah. that you're supposed to be at, you have yeah. to be pushed to the point yeah. where you're willing to just give everything yeah, up. Yeah, you yeah. don't care anymore, no, and you can finally get there. That, that's 100% right, you know? It's it's like you don't know your limits, man. I have limits that I haven't faced. I'm, I'm sure Undertaker will help me get there. But, <laughs> you know, I, I, there's limits, you know, that, that I haven't reached yet, and, and it's... We only have this one life, man. And if you're not willing to to seek and find, you know, things that, that you can't find from your couch, you know? Right. You, you have to go out there and you have to live, man. You have to see and you have to be. You, you know, there's so much out there that, that no one really knows about. But, but it's but it's these these life lessons that are going to develop you and you're going to live this life that you the only one you've got to 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 its fullest potential yeah. and i can recommend that man you know go on a journey man take your life take your life on a different place that's find who you are 
What? Go ahead. Things click, and right. you have this moment, and you're feeling it, and you know it's working. Right. Is it for you? Was there power in numbers coming out with Luke and Eric? And yeah. will there be? Or did you like being the front leader of that, of the three of you? And do we ever see that again? Of course. I mean, that's. There will be. Uh, if I had it my way, a hundred different Wyatts, you know, over this over the time, but they, those those two will always be my brothers, you know. Uh, we just fit together in a time when uh, three guys that look like us would have been, you know, chopped liver. No, no one looks at them and says, "Oh, these guys can maybe change this whole game." No one says that. And then you have people like me riding the subway with a sheet mask. Yeah. <laughs> you did you it, did man. Not. True story. I want to switch gears. I have a quick question for you. Um, <laughs> people are real confused out of context. That's <laughs> right. If it results in a fist bump from Bray Wyatt, it's, it's worth it. Amazing. Uh, entrances for Mania. It's going to be so epic. Right. I mean, two of the best entrances with the Fireflies and the Taker. Is it going to be longer than the match itself? <laughs> <laughs> I, I honestly don't know. We will have to see. I know, exciting. I know the big speculation that everyone's been asking is whether or not it's going to be in daylight, and I don't know the answer to that. Ooh. I, would, I would expect not. I mean, there's, I mean, it's tough, I guess, because it's starting earlier because yeah. it's West oh. Coast. You pretty much have to go on last to be yeah, in. That's been the, the thing on everybody's minds that they've been asking Ooh. me, but I, I don't know the answer. We'll see. I'm not uh, – I mean, I'm sure the entrances will be cool, but that's not – that's not where I'm coming from. I'm I'm trying to take out the Undertaker. Murder, yeah. murder a person. I bet you have this <laughs> this moment though with all those fireflies. That was such oh. an organic thing that happened. Yeah, and, that, and that's true. You know, even the name Firefly, they came up with that. I didn't. That's I didn't awesome. say. Yeah, I didn't say. Hey, give yourselves a name. No, man, that's what an ode and respect to you know to me and what I've done. That's how I look at it. Is man, how cool it is to to give it a little back. Totally. To feel it, you know. For, you know but you totally you wrecked the... I, I grew up um, loving the song, He's Got the Whole World. <laughs> you wrecked that for so many children and adults. I Actually, that's where I got it from. Uh, <laughs> there was a little girl... <laughs> Never sitting, sound the same again. There was a little girl sitting on, a, on an airplane or a bus or something. And I was laying with my eyes closed and I could hear her going... He's got the whole world in his hands. And I just look behind her, and she just smiles at me. And I was like, wow, that's deep, man. Whoa. <laughs> and that's where it came from. Yeah, so that's, that's pretty cool. That's pretty amazing. Um, where, how did you take the news when you found out that not only were you getting The Undertaker at WrestleMania, but you're talking people into this match. Undertaker's not going to be on TV. You're not going to, it's not going to be matches leading up to this. It's not going to be promos. It's you for about six weeks just convincing people every week that this is something that they would want to see. That's what I said, man. This, that's why this one is so special because this one is not about the streak. This one is about where is Undertaker? Is the Undertaker? I mean, is the Undertaker? And it's really about Bray Wyatt. Right. And this is Bray Wyatt's coming out party. This is my WrestleMania. No one else's. I don't care who's the main event. I don't care who else is on the card. This is my WrestleMania. Is it difficult for you? Because, like, the build for this match has almost been separate from everything else that's going on. Like, there's everything going on in WWE, and there's everything going on with Reigns and Lesnar, and there's all these storylines happening. And then apart from all that, 
is you ignoring the roster and just talking to this guy who we haven't seen on TV in a year. Do you like being separated from everybody as a performer, or do you kind of wish you were more in the mix of things? No, this is there is no better mix than The Undertaker. Yeah. I mean, so whatever they got, they can have their main events and their flashy titles and this and that. I'm right where I need to be. And do you like, would you have preferred to build this match with, like Katie was saying, people behind you, or or do you like that in this moment you're completely alone? I love my brothers. I will always need them. But right now, this, this is a journey I have to take alone. Mm-hmm. You know, And we all knew that. We all knew what, I, what, what was coming, what, what I had to do, and what they had to do. And uh, this, is, this is something I had to do on my own, and I'm, and I'm very proud of it, and I will be very proud Sunday night. When you debuted, I want to get in, I just thought, people were chanting, because you were talking about, you know, Husky Harris, and your first time on TV, people were chanting that name at you. Um, did you look at that as, all right, I'm going to be able to beat this, because obviously within a week it was done. Nobody yeah. ever thought of that name again. Did you look at that like, I can't believe these fans screwed up my thing, or was it like, that's, that's going to be temporary because we've got this? Uh, well, when I heard the roar, I mean, dude, it's such an unexpected thing to see. If you look at how we came, I mean, those things were shot for a bucket of fried chicken and a quarter. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> this is just us out in the field. We, don't, we didn't need all your special effects and this and that, but the impact, that roar when we walked out of there, we finally said, you know, we're here. And whoa, it came up. You weren't there. Were you there? You weren't? I wasn't in the building, yeah. no. Well, if you were in the building and you were right where I was, you would know this. When I walked out and those idiots started doing that husky crap, uh, there was a whole section behind them grilling them for doing it. And you saw that? Yeah. Oh, yeah. So it was, it was an immediate respect of, of nice try. Right. You failed. You know, and, and the people behind him squashing it. Yeah. And, it never, and there'll be one guy randomly here and then to try to impress his girlfriend or whatever he's doing. But that's not, you know, I could care less. When, when you see them all and they got the lights, you know, right. then, yeah, I know that I've earned their respect. That's become one of my favorite things to do at events like this is to kind of, like, creep on your interviews with other people. And watch them try to get in, like, little cute jokes about, like, your oh, family yeah, or your pet. Yeah. yeah, and then you just <laughs> shut them down every time. And you give them these death stares. They're like, ah. <laughs> yeah, I've had some really interesting, like, live. Uh, oh, yeah, the news, yeah. I've, had, I've had a bunch of them. I know the one you're talking about. Yeah, yeah there was the one news report. He did a news report. <laughs> Where he's on, like, this, like, local morning TV show. And it seemed like one of the people kind of knew who he was. Yeah. And the other person had no idea. Yeah. And he just does this kind of, like, creepy, flirty, kind of <laughs> demonic sexual thing where he's just, like, staring at this chick the whole time. Who's the newscaster. Awesome. And she had no idea how to handle herself. Well, none, none of them ever do because they meet me and they see me and they don't. Okay. Cool party guy with a Hawaiian shirt, but they don't know. <laughs> they don't know me. You're Jimmy Buffett fan. So I've had, I've had guys get my name wrong, and that that frustrates me. When yeah. they when they don't know my name, they're like, uh, you know, some tell me about this sister Jessica or, oh. uh, or something like that. And it's like, well, you know, I don't want to be on your stupid news show because uh-huh. I don't, really don't care 
<laughs> about what you think. So you know what I mean. So, yeah. so I've had some real interesting run-ins with them. Do you like that? Like, do you, is that when you go into playtime? You're like, all right, well, then we're gonna do this. It's on. Oh, one, yeah. Once it, I never start it, right. but if they start it. It's on. Because <laughs> obviously you can handle yeah, yourself. Yeah, yeah. You're doing eight minutes in a ring by yourself. You can pretty much handle the local morning news team. <laughs> well, listen, man, uh, you got to be pumped on a, in a big way for this. Do you have an idea of what happens next, or is this sort of tunnel vision uh, till Sunday and... and I mean, you, how, you can't overlook the Undertaker. I don't. Yeah. I don't even care what's next. Quite frankly, you no. could be dead yeah. on Monday. <laughs> Correct. Yeah. All, all I all I care about is getting through this one. Yeah. And, and, and it being everything that I want it to be in my head. That's all I care about. Uh, the rest is irrelevant. You know, the future is irrelevant. The future is get through Undertaker. Cool, man. Well, thanks for hanging out. Uh, and good luck, dude. What's the haps? <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, awesome. Thank you, dude. Here is Sam Roberts. You know you've made it when Bray Wyatt is making fun of your catchphrase. How much? That was just a good time. Bray Wyatt here on Sam Roberts Wrestling Podcast. I, there's so much to talk about. So why waste any time? By the way, all that stuff, the Bray Wyatt interview and, and uh, all the interviews that Katie and I did are up at youtube.com slash notsam as well as notsam.com. Don't forget to support the podcast by buying yourself a t-shirt at prowrestlingtees.com slash samroberts. They'll ship internationally. And I was so excited uh, over WrestleMania weekend. Probably my actual favorite thing that I did was getting to meet so many podcast listeners. And uh, uh, it was just a thrill. We, I, I met people from Kuwait, from Sydney, Australia, from uh, London, England, from France, from Germany, from everywhere you can think of, and of course, these United States. Uh, and it was so cool to have all you guys coming up to me and tell me how much you're digging the podcast. So really appreciate that. And I know you're listening because a bunch of you even recognize Katie out there. So I was, I was thrilled, thrilled with the response from you guys uh, out there in San Jose. Uh, Katie was out there with me. So this week, Katie Linendahl joins me on the state of wrestling let's go to it shall we it's now time for this week's state of wrestling yeah you know that yeah voice back for the state of wrestling is katie lindendahl everybody's Woo-hoo! favorite and you were part of the interview this week oh so exciting yeah it was so Bra- exciting we did bray that's the that's the first i i think uh you know a lot of the interviews are up on youtube so I'm not going to air all the interviews on the podcast because, you know, six weeks from now, they'll be outdated and you will have seen them all on YouTube. But maybe I'll do another one next week. Was Bray your favorite? He was my favorite. How but come? they were each very different. Yeah. Well, I, I thought Bray brought a lot to the table. Katie and I went to uh, WrestleMania together. And uh, that, when I say WrestleMania, I mean everything that WrestleMania encompasses. And the first, I guess... We did a little bit on Thursday, but the first big thing on Friday was Radio Row, which was really the main reason we were going. Well, that was the, that was the guys. That, the main reason we were going was to geek out. But the reason that you know we got to go and pretend it was a business trip was for Radio Row. It was incredible. And by the way, it starts at like six a.m. Yeah. So you better fire up some caffeine. Yeah. And I'll tell you who fired up some caffeine. Who? Stardust. Well, Stardust was amazing because he was in full gimmick. But Bray was like, all these guys get there at 6 o'clock, and they're just going from show to show to show to show. 
Some of the shows are lousy. Some of the shows, like this one, are fantastic. Um, but Bray was on his game. And I was watching some of the other interviews. And you got to know that they get asked the same questions over and over again. So for, for, for any of them not to be annoyed is pretty uh But that's why we like to mix it up. Yes. Yes. Which is why you should check out all our videos. All of them. They're at YouTube slash Not Sam. So Bray was your favorite interview? Bray, I loved. Mm-hmm. Stardust, I loved because he like really brought something to the table. It was fun. Charlotte, we both loved. Yeah. Well, especially you. Yes. You're a big b- fan. Huge fan. See, I broke. This is why I'm glad you're here. Because you weren't watching NXT. I was. No, that's not true. I was watching and then I took a sabbatical. Right. But you weren't really familiar with what was going on. That's true. And then I said, you got to start watching this, Lennon doll. That's true. You got to become aware of this. And you started watching and all of a sudden you had to show up to WrestleMania. Number one, your pretty much goal priority was to see the NXT show that was in town. Which was insane, which we'll talk about. And number two, the one wrestler you wanted to meet was Charlotte. The whole trip <laughs> over, you're like, oh, you're going to meet IRS. Charlotte? An IRS. Yes. Yeah. And so you did get to, I mean, you got to meet, you got to share space with IRS. You didn't say anything to him. I panicked. We, seriously, we interacted with every wrestler you can possibly imagine. It was seriously amazing. I thank and, you for that. Of course. And IRS was the one you panicked over. I did. Why? You should you should do a two-sentence recap of what happened. Well, here's what happened. We got to the hotel on Thursday, and we were staying. They put. By the way, we got to the hotel. And talk about sensory overload. I'm not railroading here. I'm just not interjecting with one line. So as soon as we get to the hotel, it's like wrestlers. It's like you stepped into Narnia. Like WWE <laughs> Narnia. Because there's wrestlers everywhere. As if everywhere. you couldn't get nerdier. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so the elevator opens, and I'm not joking, who comes out? Big show. Big show. It was like, not only was it a it wrestler, like a but it was the least mistakable, most unmistakable wrestler on the planet. Like, there was no, oh, is that the big show? I'm not sure. Have you... It was scary. Yeah. He, like, towered us. Yeah. And we were like, oh, like, my heart. I thought I, I thought I might, like, give me 10 years and I'll, I would have probably had a heart attack. You think so? Probably. Only 10. Yeah. Yeah, that's how intense it was. Going at high speed. (laughs) Going at high speed, people. So we were at this hotel, and all the rest, they they usually don't put the media and the talent in the same hotel, but this year they did. And so, I mean, the first day there, we we were kind of just walking around a bunch. We were walking around the hotel, trying to figure out where everything is, and everywhere you went, it was just crawling with different wrestlers. Um, So I would have thought, like, within an hour, Katie would be, not desensitized to it, but at least somebody somewhat realized that this is the reality that we're going to live in for the next four days or so. It's true. And I go, we're walking, and I go, uh, Katie, IRS is behind us, because I know you're a big IRS fan. My favorite wrestler of all time. Yeah, I didn't realize IRS, (laughs) Erwin R. Scheister, was your favorite of all time. Listen up, all you tax cheats. (laughs) I pay my taxes because of IRS. Because of Erwin. Amongst other reasons. I don't want to get hit with that briefcase. Probably number one because of IRS. Right. Um, it goes, it goes Erwin R. Scheister, then the United States government. Yeah. In that order. Definitely. So I was just like, you know, mumbling, trying to be cool. So he didn't hear us go, Katie, you know, who's behind us. And she goes, no, who? IRS. She's like, what? I go, IRS is right behind us. She goes, no, he's not. I go, yeah, he is. She goes, okay. And like five seconds pass. And she goes, we got to go back upstairs. I was like, why? She goes, I got to get my inhaler. And she started sounding like she was getting short of breath. And I kind of chuckled. And she was like, seriously, seriously, I need my inhaler. I was like, okay. Like, I thought I was going to have to pick her up. Like, she was going to pass out and possibly die. And so I was like, you can't die first day. 
Because then I got to right. fucking worry about that instead of going to WrestleMania. So I, 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 I'm like, okay, let's go. And then, you know, we get to the elevator and she, the elevator bank and she starts to like breathe a little bit. And uh, funny for you, not funny for us asthmatics. Yeah, it was hilarious for me because you go, was that really him? And I go, yeah, it was. Re-. And he just walks around the corner, the other side of the elevator bank. That means he was staying on the same floor we were on. Right. And then he goes up the elevator with us. And by the time we got and I was I thought you were going to pass out in the elevator. It could have happened. Due to shortness of breath and lack of oxygen. But we get there, and I was like, why did you – what happened? Why did you need your inhaler? You were like, you, IRS was right there. You actually went into an asthmatic state because IRS <laughs> was around us. That, Listen, girls, girl can have dreams. At that point, I was like, okay, you know, she, she, she deserves to be here. Oh, I appreciate that. You know what I mean? I'm honored. It was like a step away from a make-a-wish, I feel like. <laughs> Sam. Well, like a step away. Not that you're there. We saw him again at Hall of Fame. Yeah. And I still didn't say anything. No, you didn't say anything all week. You said all you, I we, wanna I wanna keep that one just a dream. Yeah. I don't want that reality to come through. Yeah. Come to fruition. Well, so where should we start with this thing? With with WrestleMania with I guess the first show, you know, we we will the interviews kind of speak for themselves a little bit. Mm-hmm. We went to Access. That was a great time. Access was fantastic. Yeah. Um, but the first wrestling that we saw was the NXT show. Wow. Wow. Yeah. And that was wow. your first. I've been to Full Sail before. I've not been to Full Sail. But that was your first live NXT show. Well, and I also wanted to see, because obviously watching it with like 600 people in the audience, is that usually how big the crowd is? About 600? Yeah. In Full Sail, it seats, I don't know, six to 800. Yeah. So we thought it was going to be actually 4,500, but then we heard that it was actually some standing room only. It was about 5,100 people. Which is ridiculous because... For NXT, it's crazy. I think the biggest room that they had done before that was under 2,000 people. Like, even when they were in Ohio or whatever, the building was under 2,000. And now they're selling out over 5,000. And we go... And the show's a late show. Because every indie promotion you can think of was in town. Ring of Honor was doing shows. And there were a ton of shows at WrestleCon and all that stuff. We didn't... Unfortunately, we didn't get to check any of it out just because there was so much going on. But... It started at 10 o'clock at night and went until 1 o'clock in the morning. Right. And from the first bell until the very end, the crowd was white hot for everything. And one thing that I learned about the NXT crowd is correct. They're nonstop. Nonstop. And rightfully so. I wish it would have been televised. I wish they would actually put it on the network because it was so sick. Yeah, it was interesting. Start to finish. Like they had – Triple H was there. Finn Balor did his entrance, the full full, pay-per-view entrance. Uh, Hideo Itami hit the GTS. Crazy. First time ever. Which everybody flipped out over. And they treated it. Triple H came, Did I say Triple H came out? He did. You did. They treated it like it was their WrestleMania because it was the biggest show they've ever done. I just don't know. Maybe the building's not set up right for it. I don't know exactly why they didn't film it for TV. Because it seems like it would have been, it was the show. It was almost, it was as big a deal, it seemed like, as one of the, uh, uh, takeover specials. It was monster. And, and my question for you, too, not to get ahead of ourselves, is... Get ahead. Do you think the performances were so solid? That's why we're seeing... I mean, do you think Neville was a surprise on Raw? Um, I do don't know. Do you think Hideo was a surprise on Raw? I don't know. You, no, no. Was Hideo on Raw? You mean at WrestleMania? Oh, at Mania. Mania, he was there. We knew that because of the battle, though. Right, because of the battle. But that... I mean, the, the tournament, but Lucha that happened... Dragons on Raw. Lucha Dragons was a surprise. That. So yeah. we have two. We got a twofer. And, and, and Adrian Neville. Um, I don't... I, I, by the way, I, I don't know if you saw my tweet. 
I tried to do the red arrow off my couch last night. Mm-hmm. I threw out my pad. <laughs> You're like, I think I can get this done. <laughs> if I twist, like, ah! It was, it was not pretty No, good. not good. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. Because they try to bring up NXT guys right after WrestleMania. That's almost like a tradition, I guess. I was surprised to see that the Lucha Dragons made it up. but Solid performance. Amazing that Kalisto got, was completely over in an arena. Completely, and that's something that a lot of NXT guys can't do because that's the one big difference. And the, the it lost on Raw, lots of chants. NXT, NXT, NXT. The, they were chanting seventy five thousand people at Levi Stadium, and they were chanting NXT yep. when Hideo Itami came out. They were booing when Hideo Itami got eliminated. I mean, it was it was it's really incredible the reach that NXT has. I, I feel like we need to do justice about how great these matches were, though. What do you think was the show stealer? Oh, I don't think there's any question. Go ahead. Uh, Charlotte and Sasha. Really? Yeah. I think they did it again. Charlotte and Sasha Banks, uh, they had two women's matches. Bailey was in a tag match. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, Charlotte and Sasha Banks just tore the roof off that place. It and I told you, remember nasty. I told you Sasha Banks is pretty much my favorite wrestler right now? You called that early. And now I feel like Charlotte is kind of your favorite wrestler right now. Woo! Yeah. What do you think? I, he, as I, I, Again, I'm talking about tweeting a lot but relevant you're a tech expert (laughs) i said after that match i said the definition of a diva has changed and i have never seen such solid female performances can i tell you something i think you're only bringing up that tweet because stephanie mcmahon favorited it (laughs) that might be a true story (laughs) so do you think that that was the show stealer i mean that match went for like a solid what almost half hour it felt like 25 minutes yeah. yeah yeah was that your match a tough one. It is a tough one. I'd have to really think hard on that. I hope. And they were filming, like, with handhelds and stuff like that. I would hope that at least clips or something like that will end up somewhere on the network because it was really good. I know they were filming NXT TV at Access. So they filmed the tournament that led to Hideo Itami oh, being in the Battle Royal. Yeah. So they film. I think they filmed a full episode of NXT TV at Access. I think. Uh, I'm not sure, but I think they did. Uh, but I definitely... If there's any chance for any of you to see this NXT house show that happened, I don't know how you would do it, but if there's tape out there or something, definitely do it because, I mean, they tore the house down from start to finish. You know what else is interesting about NXT? Nobody gets booed. Even oh, the heels yeah, let's don't talk get about booed. that. Interestingly, yeah. there, there, there's, no, there's no booing. It's, if There's a golf clap that happens, a tennis clap. Yes, everybody appreciates the work rate. Yeah. Tyler Breeze is probably the most overheel there, and he's a complete heel. 100% he's playing the heel. And people kind of treat him like a heel, but it's more like they know their role as a wrestling fan is to treat him like a heel because when it comes down to it, they're not booing him, and they don't dislike him at all. Who Tyler Breeze had Hideo, right? He did. Yeah. I mean, great. All those guys, and that's what's the biggest question about NXT right now. Uh, because the question always comes up when you talk about NXT guys is when are they going to come up to the main roster? And I feel like, number one, NXT is, especially after this weekend, especially after that 5,000-person house show, NXT is really developed into its own brand, not just developmental, but it's its own thing. Uh, And I think that now when you're talking about who's coming up to the main roster, it's not just a matter of are you ready to be on Raw. It's also... You know, are you? Do you still have more to accomplish in NXT? For instance, well, and I feel like there's also too. Do you fit with the Raw brand? 
I think the Ascension is the perfect example of that. Yeah. Powerhouse is on NXT, made the transition, and it's just not working out. But I would think that I honestly, I figured the Lucha Dragons wouldn't work either. I didn't think Kalisto would work. And then he came out and he stole the show on Raw. He completely stole the show. I think it just depends on maybe the way they're presented. Maybe, I, And it does. You're right. It does go character by character, though, because, like, the vaude villains may not work. <laughs> Big picture. You can't teach that. The, okay, we're ba- we'll, we'll talk about them in two seconds. I'm a fan of the vaude villains, man. You are. But I don't think they would work in, in Raw. Right, really just because it's such a weird thing that we're not used to seeing that on Raw. But I also look at the tag teams that they'd be stacked up against right now. You mm-hmm. put the vaude villains against the Usos. Yeah, it's like a different level. It's a total different level. But you do. What do you think of uh, of uh, Big Cass Love. and Enzo Amore? Love. Do you think they'd work on the main roster? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I'm glad that Enzo, and I hope it continues going this way because he's a small guy. So I worry that he'll get typecast in like a manager role because he's a great wrestler. I just think, comparatively speaking, we were, I was I was looking at him size wise against in that it was a triple threat tag match, wasn't it? Uh, it yeah. It was. Vaude. Vaude Villains, Enzo and Big Cass. Maybe it was four. It was the tag champs, the Australian guys. Yep. And uh, was it just the three? It wasn't Lucha, was it? Maybe it was Lucha. Yeah, I think it was Lucha Dragons. Um, And he wasn't that small. It's because Cass is seven feet tall. Seven feet tall. And you can't, can't teach, teach that. that. Enzo's just so good on a microphone. So good. It's incredible. I like the whole package. And like just watching him, he's the only guy that can pull off, shuffling his feet, moving his hips around. Like he was he's moving. A wrestler. He was doing like salsa dancing in the ring, and he was getting it over. Right, right. Like the fans were into it. A bunch right. of dudes who watch NXT were like, "You're the man." <laughs> you know. I, th- I definitely think they're ready. Um, yeah, I think they could survive on the main roster too. I want to bring some of these girls up to Raw. Who wouldn't work? You know, I, Sasha Banks would be huge, I think. Uh, Charlotte, of course, is ready. Um, Put those two against thing one and thing two? Forget it. Yeah, you're talking about the Bellas? I am talking about the Bellas. Respect to the Bellas. Right. I mean, I was at WrestleMania oh, wearing a, a Brimo t-shirt. So obviously, obviously respect to the Bellas. But, yeah, I mean, the Bellas are, I feel like the Bellas, Alicia Fox, I don't know if there's anybody else. Natty. No, Natty doesn't fit into what I'm about to say. I feel like the Bellas and Alicia Fox are like the the holdouts from the era when the Divas were really just kind of supermodels that didn't know how to work all that well. They've improved like immensely. The Bellas and Alicia Fox are so much better than they used to be. So much better. But they are holdouts and they were trained in a totally different way and they've kind of had to pick it up as they go along. Whereas Paige, you know, and Emma, uh, Charlotte, Sasha, Bailey, all these chicks were taught how to wrestle from the get. Right. And they can put on a 25-minute match now and steal the show around people like Finn Balor and Adrian Neville and, and, and all these guys. I never thought I would see a hardcore audience, an NXT audience. Saying uh, thank you, Charlotte, yeah. after the match. Yeah. Respecting and also to the chant, this is wrestling. Yeah. Like for the it's women's that match, legit. That that show was so good that you know Kevin Owens is, had knee surgery, I guess, so he can't wrestle. 
So they don't even have their NXT champion wrestling on the show. They had him in for a segment, but they didn't even have him wrestling, and nobody was upset about it. Nope. Because there's that talent is that deep. You got to imagine that Triple H is just proud papaing NXT oh, in a major way. And- he loves it. Loves it. He's got to look at that thing like this is my life's work. Like this is it. NXT is because NXT is his, and he's created this thing that is legitimately cool. And you can't do that in wrestling anymore. You can't teach that. I was just going <laughs> to you can't teach that. Yes. The only downside of that entire 10, 10 p.m. to 1 a.m. show was the lack of – was poorly made churros. I mean that's the only thing I could complain about in that arena. I saw you complaining to some of the uh, other audience members that you were not they satisfied. They were on board with me. With your churro. So we had to settle for the super rope. Right. Which uh, most arenas don't have super ropes. No. But you were super disappointed because we got there. As a matter of fact, I ordered the Super Rope. Right. We're going we're gonna to get back to wrestling. This is just a sidebar. Unless. I ordered the Super Rope, and they didn't even know what the hell that was. <laughs> <laughs> I think those have been sitting there for seven years. Yeah. Well, you ordered, you, we were walking to the seats, and you were like, Sam, they have churros. I was like, all right, well, churros. maybe we'll find the seats first. What and then... arena has churros? That's fantastic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was cool, though. It was a really, it was a really good show, but... The show that everybody's talking about is, of course, WrestleMania. Oh, man. And, and I think – what were your expectations going into WrestleMania? High. They were high. Always high for Mania. That's why I asked you because most internet people and a lot of wrestling fans that aren't on the internet, to be fair, have very low expectations going in because the build is different. I was talking about it I think it was last week or maybe it was the week before. I feel like this WrestleMania was very different – because instead of being built around stories, it was built around prize fights. Like it was built around the matches were what was selling it as opposed to the story behind the match. Like Sting Ooh. versus Triple H, the story wasn't that juicy. It was just a matter of it's Sting and Triple H. I guess you could say the same for Taker. Taker Wyatt. Like it's – it's Taker wasn't even on TV. Wyatt did a great job of talking people into the building, but – at the end of the day, it was because it was one of these sort of fantasy warfare matches. Even Lesnar reigns. Well, and I think particularly for that match, I knew something had to go down. People just weren't jazzed about it. Can you, yeah, can you imagine how differently the, the whole show could have been exactly the same? If the match just ends with Roman Reigns pinning Brock Lesnar clean, one, two, three, and Roman Reigns holding the belt up, it would have gone way differently. And I think because fans were ready to hate WrestleMania. And a lot of people left saying it was, like, the best WrestleMania in, like, 15 years. And that's tough to do because people did that last year. People said WrestleMania 30 was, like, the best WrestleMania there's ever been. So for people to leave WrestleMania 31 and saying that, that's why I don't like to complain a lot about the active product. Because I always feel like there is something that can be done that will pull it out and that will leave us as wrestling fans happy. And there's no way you can tell me that people were leaving that stadium anything but jazzed up on Sunday night. Agree. I mean, people were jumping up and down. If you went to WWE.com, you could see the emotion pouring off of, of Katie and myself. And, and by the way, I don't think – I think people really overestimate the uh, relationship that I have with WWE. Because remember a, f- a few months ago when I had Roman on and people thought he was sent to my podcast to turn heel? I read a tweet that people tweeted me that. I read a tweet that they think this person, I'm not going to say they, this one tweet that I read uh, was under the assumption that you and I were plants <laughs> from the WWE 
sent to sit in the second row and grasp our skulls with excitement. That sounds amazing. Is, Not, there, is there money behind that? Yeah, like... I don't know why it's so difficult to believe that we are the biggest wrestling dorks. I'm honored. There are. Like, we're just nerds who just mark out, and that's it. That's the beginning, middle, and end of the story. Truth. You know? Speaking of truth, what did you think of the ladder match? I can't believe the ladder match was a pre-show. The ladder match wasn't a pre-show. Oh, sorry. It was the first match after the the pre-show. Although once you're sitting there, it's kind of difficult to well, determine because you know they're I feel just about boom, the boom, match boom. That I thought because you were saying truth. I, I obviously speaking to our truth. I thought that Kofi should have been in there. Yeah, but um, it was six segue though, right? Just now when you're like Good truth, segue. I was like Good segue, and then I jacked it up by saying that it was the royal. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> um, I loved it. Yeah, and uh, I hate to go there, but seeing it in person, we had some pretty nasty seats. Uh, Ambrose got pretty messed up on that fall through. I was so surprised when I saw him on Raw on Monday. Oof, baby, that was... I thought he was dead. They looked like they were stitching him up at ringside. He definitely busted his head open on that ladder when uh, Luke Harper powerbombed him through it. That was one of those matches where it could have... See, that was the one match where expectations were high. So that match could have gone south. Because when expectations were that high... And when we interviewed Daniel Bryan about it, which is on the YouTube channel... Uh, he said that, that expectations are so high for this match. It's a lot of, that's the pressure, but I, I think they absolutely met, if not surpassed expectations. You know, people were kind of wondering why Stardust was in the match at all. Oh, he was killer. And then you saw that superplex off the ladder and you go, that's why he's here. That's exactly why Stardust is here. He was amazing. I, I'm rarely disappointed in the ladder match. Yeah. Yeah. They pretty much know how to do that. Uh, I was, I was surprised that Daniel Bryan won the ladder match, uh, not because I didn't want him to, but that's what I think I told you. It's like, I want Daniel Bryan to win. I've been conditioned, though, to think that he won't just because... Is that belt below his grade, though? Well, that's the interesting thing to talk about. And let's talk about that right now because we don't have to go match by match. Everybody saw WrestleMania. The int- One of the more interesting things leaving WrestleMania to me was, okay, Daniel Bryan wins, spoiler alert, the Intercontinental title, and John Cena wins the United States Championship, which is that you could ask the same question for both guys. Is that a little below his caliber? In my mind, I'm thinking, okay, Brock Lesnar is going to walk out of here with the heavyweight championship. Brock Lesnar, even though he's signed a new contract, is still not working a full schedule. So their backup plan now is champion is off TV. So we're going to have John Cena and Daniel Bryan defending these titles and just kind of bring them up to the point where they're at least a little closer the world heavyweight title but then Seth Rollins walks out with the world heavyweight title so you're left with Seth as the world heavyweight champion Brian as the intercontinental champion Cena as the U.S. champion and guys like Luke Harper and Dolph Ziggler going what do you want from me no mid-card titles anymore it's strong yeah that does this mean to you that Daniel Bryan is now the top of the mid-card and John Cena is kind of taking a back seat from the main event? Does this mean all those titles are now meaning more? Like, what did you think on Monday? You're given it 24 hours. When you watch John Cena and Daniel Bryan come out with those titles, does it still seem weird? Does it seem now like the titles are a bigger deal? Definitely a bigger deal. Me too. I mean, right out the get. Yeah. Yeah, to watch to watch those guys come out, um, with the, it, it made it seem like those titles were a bigger deal. 
Uh, I worry a little bit that they are going to keep Daniel Bryan in the middle of the card. Um, but they also have so much going on right now that I don't know where he fits in. Because that was the other interesting thing to me with the main event was that with Seth Rollins winning the title, it left you with a scenario where, as we saw, it was playing out on Raw. Brock Lesnar wants the title, and he feels he deserves it because he wasn't pinned. Roman Reigns wants the title, and he feels he deserves it because Seth Rollins wasn't supposed to be in the match. And Randy Orton wants the title because he beat Seth Rollins earlier in that night. So, you know, where does Daniel Bryan, where does John Cena, where does Rusev, where do all these guys fit in? They don't in the world title picture at the moment. I just hope that Lesnar isn't off air too long. Because yeah. I, I really, I, I feel strongly that last night's Raw, I mean, out the, okay, let, let's go back to the main event. Because right out the gate, Lesnar Reigns was brutal. That mm-hmm. was an aggressive, aggressive match. Well, you Loved saw, it. Total you, different type of WWE. Absolutely. You saw the marks on Lesnar's face when he came out on Raw. I, it looked to us, and I'll speak for you, Katie, that uh, Lesnar went after Reigns. And, you know, Lesnar hits hard. Scripted or not scripted, Lesnar does not pull punches. He hits hard. And it looked like right off the bat, Reigns was throwing some shots as if to say, okay, I'm going to throw back at you whatever you throw at me. Just so we're on the same page, I'm going to hit you hard too. And he did hit him hard. You saw he had the welts on his face. He ended up busted open on the corner post. It was a very physical match. Way more physical back and forth than I thought it would be. And... To that, I also think it was verbally getting aggressive. When Heyman coming out on Raw mm-hmm. and calling this a non-PG and then dropping some bombs, I mean, it was cool. it's taking a different angle. And, it, and then Stephanie mm-hmm. following suit, I feel like it's a different flavor, a little more hardcore than we've seen. Yeah. Yeah, and, and Lesnar being called the most non-PG, PG-era yeah. champion. Um, yeah, and I think... I think that that is... And then taking out everybody. Everybody. How great was that segment? fantastic. I really thought we had seen the last of Booker T, that he had just disappeared behind that table. (laughs) Just his quote. I wish I had the audio clip right here. But just his quote, just when he goes, yeah, you know, he's going, oh, no! And then the table, he goes, oh, no! And the table, and that's it. That's all we hear from Booker T. Um, I think that you're right, though, when you said, I hope Brock Lesnar's not off TV for too long. I think that that's the only sort of risk in doing and it's a weird thing because to do a segment that that, that, that's that good is a risk if you're not going to have that guy on tv every week because now people are going to want segments that good and you're going to have to find somebody else that can pull off a segment that that's that's that good such a high right now yeah and it's high which is why it goes back to what i was saying that it was kind of on a low right before wrestlemania yeah it's kind of there was kind of some meh going on right before wrestlemania and then they just bust out Mania, and they don't disappoint. And they bust out the Raw after Mania, and they don't disappoint. So you have to wonder how long they're going to be able to maintain this thing. You know what I mean? Agree. And and Heyman, too, just brings that flavor, that spice. Yeah. Don't, don't keep them off long. I would hope that they'll find something. Even if Brock Lesnar's off TV, they'll find something to do with Heyman. Because Heyman will work every week, I think. I don't know. Yeah. But... Yeah, I mean, I thought the world title match... I mean, obviously, it goes without saying that the world title match was uh, really good. I think... I think... I, people... It, it got the crowd moving. You can't even say that, that Roman was bad in that match. It was, a, it was a really good match. And then when you added in Seth Rollins... Because the thing that I think made the Seth Rollins thing so special was 
that there were people that thought he would cash in at the end of WrestleMania. But I don't think anybody thought that he would cash in. Mid-match. Midway through the match and turn it into a I thought that was one of the best points you made um, after Mania. No one assumed that at all. Yeah. Wait till the match finishes, everybody's exhausted. Nope. Triple threat. Yeah. Yeah, I thought that was really, that was a strong twist, as if to say, see, we're still keeping you on your toes a little bit. Uh, Going back a little bit to Rusev. Yes. Rusev's seen a huge match at Mania. Well, he came in on a tank, of course it was a huge match. Came in on a freaking tank. Now what do you do with Rusev? He's fighting Goldust? He beat him, though. What's up? We're talking about going down in grade, though. Yeah. I'd be, I'd be worried about Rusev if Goldust had beat him. But oh, he, he, yeah, that's a red flag. It almost seems like... No pun intended. Uh, I think there was a little pun intended. It almost seems like, like Rusev is kind of back and now it's time to rebuild. Because obviously they're kind of separating the Rusev-Cena thing. It happened. It's done. And so now Rusev's got to kind of slowly build up. I think this only means one thing. Reignite his feud that he's had seven times already with Jack Swagger. Oh. If I never see that match again, I'll be okay. Yeah, I'll be okay too. It'll be fine. I'll totally be okay. Bray Wyatt was not on Raw. You're correct. Yeah. I thought the Bray Wyatt Undertaker match was. And one of the best entrances. You were worried about that, actually. We heard that in the interview. You brought up the question about the entrances, and Bray had said, and this was the first time it clicked in my head. Bray said that there's a lot of talk about whether or not they're going to be able to pull them off in the light because it's an open-air arena, uh, open-air stadium in California, which means we're three hours ahead. And uh, we found out that – That's what I meant. We found out that uh, sunset wasn't setting until 10.30 East Coast time, which is 7.30 West Coast time, which means there's no way that Undertaker and Wire are getting dark entrances. And so I was kind of like, is this going to work? Like – well, and it's in, in set the stage for such a great match. Yeah, and the it's like... The entrances are such a big part. If those, especially those two. Yes! They had... And, and, and Bray had one of the best entrances of WrestleMania 30 last year with the band live mm-hmm. and the New Orleans voodoo dancing and stuff like that. I was really pleasantly surprised. I thought, it would di- I thought the entrances would disappoint, would disappoint, and they did not. I thought the match, too, I was a little worried... Mm-hmm. For Taker, I thought it was going to be a very slow-moving match. And mm-hmm. I will say that I thought it was slow. Yeah. But I thought, A, that was expected. And, B, it was perfect for the type of match that it was. Yeah. It told the story. And and Bray used his body language and facial expressions. And all that was oh, happening. Bray and, was sick during that. Yeah. It was like it was poetry. Our good friend Michelle Beadle said, right. uh, nailed it in the sense that we were all kind of quiet. During that match, but it's not because we didn't like it. We were just kind of in awe. Yeah, like whoa, Undertaker! Watching here. every move. Like there's Undertaker. He's and when doing the spider that right walk now. happened, and then Taker sat up. I mean, priceless moment right yeah. there. Yeah, and it was funny. Everybody around was all. Everybody was waiting for that spider walk, and that's when you know you've done something successfully when you've got all these wrestling nerds that are <laughs> all just sitting around going like, "When's he going to pull out the spider walk? When's he going to do that spider walk?" I'm waiting to see when he finally did, uses that thumb. That he's gotten leather and, and whips out the spike. One, he's going to use the spike. You believe me. <laughs> One of these days, he's going to pull out a spike and people are going to freak out. He's going to thumb somebody in the neck like uh, like uh, Barry Windham used to do. Do we see him back next year? Too? Or Blackjack Mulligan. Uh, yes. I think without a doubt he will be at WrestleMania next What's year. What's your prediction who he's facing? Um, Everybody's saying Sting. Yeah, I guess I wouldn't be surprised if it was Sting. But I wouldn't be surprised if it wasn't because Sting lost. Were you surprised that Sting lost? 
Uh, I think Triple H had to keep that one. Yeah. And then he took some heat later with the whole Rousey thing. So Yeah, I thought that was okay. I didn't understand the handshake, and I thought that was unnecessary. I don't think Sting should have – I don't think there should have been a handshake after the match because there was so much interference mm-hmm. and all this stuff going on. I was also confused as to why the NWO was helping Sting when really that incarnation, the NWO black and white, Scott Hall, Kevin Nash, Hulk Hogan, they were the Lex Luthor to Sting Superman. It, later on, Sting joined the NWO, but in the beginning, Sting was the, the 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 good, and the NWO was the evil. So it was a little strange that the NWO came to help Sting. But if you could take that wrestling nerd outside of yourself and realize that you're just looking at a ring and it's the NWO versus DX, I think that's why it happened, and it was just cool to see. Agree. It was just like, put put. why don't we not worry about the facts right now? Why don't we just worry about the fact that it's NWO versus DX, and this is what we've always wanted? So wait. Go back. Yeah. Taker. Taker. 32. Yes. So who's he wrestling at WrestleMania 32? Well, who's left? Good question. Because he's done Triple H three times, so it's not going to be Triple H. That's done. I would assume this will be his last one. Sting? Undertaker. Oh, Taker. Yeah, I, I would yeah, assume. I think, it, I think it's a thirty-two Dallas. He's from Texas. Hundred thousand people there. It'll be the Undertaker's last ride. All pun intended. So I don't, but I just don't know who's left. Maybe Cena. Wow, that'd be an interesting. John one. Cena has never wrestled the Undertaker to WrestleMania, and that's one of those things where John Cena wins. That's what he does. If you've seen the YouTube movie, Wrestling Isn't Wrestling, spoiler alert, Cena wins. It's like a buried alive, you yeah. can go home retirement match. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I think Cena, Cena versus turn, Taker. We have talked about this before. Could you turn Cena heel? I don't think so. No, okay. I don't think Forget it's ever it. going to happen. I'm not even going to go down that route. Yeah, I don't think it's ever going to happen. Uh, and before, yeah, so I, my prediction is Cena versus Taker at WrestleMania 32. But my predictions are almost always wrong. So... Take that for what it's worth. I thought the, I mean, the Rock surprise was really good. And involving Ronda Rousey, that was really, that was really good. That was good. It was a good surprise. There was, a, I mean, the arm bar on Stephanie was weird. But aside from that one little detail, the whole segment was good. And I don't even think that detail matters because the whole reason for that segment was to do something exciting for the live crowd and bring some mainstream attraction to this show. And it did that 100%. Everybody was talking about the fact that Ronda Rousey got in a ring, hip-tossed Triple H, and put Stephanie in an armbar. That's exactly incredible. Into that? I don't think so. I mean, I think Dana White has a lot to do with it. You know, Dana White, of course, he runs the UFC. I think we'll see Ronda Rousey in one match. I think it'll be a tag match, Ronda Rousey and The Rock versus Triple H and Ooh. Stephanie. I think it could happen at 32, but it could just as likely, I think, happen at SummerSlam. I could easily see that happening in Brooklyn at SummerSlam as their big attraction. I think the only – I think it would – if it weren't for this one detail, I would say it will definitely happen. It's just dependent on whether or not Dana White will allow Ronda Rousey to do one match. I think he should. I don't think it I, – I think doing that one match does not strip any credibility away from Ronda Rousey as a UFC fighter any more than uh, Floyd Mayweather would have had his – whatever stripped away from wrestling at WrestleMania. You know, nobody takes Floyd Mayweather less seriously. I don't think they'll take Ronda Rousey less seriously. And it'll bring a lot 
a lot of exposure to UFC oh, yeah. to play this out. So I think it will happen. And I think that match will happen at SummerSlam or WrestleMania next year. It's like just it's elite, it's elite. too much money on the table. Mm. Too much money is on the table for that match to happen. You know how many people would tune in for that? You know, MMA fans would be tuning in for it. Ronda Rousey is like one of the most relevant athletes on the planet right now. She is, I mean, she's all. she may be the most well-known UFC fighter there is right now. Everybody's talking about Ronda Rousey. Everybody would tune in to watch her in a wrestling ring against Triple H with The Rock and Stephanie McMahon. Are you kidding me? I feel like it has to happen SummerSlam, though, because it, leaving it for a whole year, right? the storyline's going to like fizzle out. And the thing about UFC is you can't count on fame maintaining because the results are not predetermined. So the minute you get your ass kicked by Ooh. somebody, you're not this sort of unstoppable monster anymore. Which means if Ronda Rousey loses a fight or two fights before next WrestleMania, she's just not going to be the relevant force she is now. But if you can get that down by August, you're good. You're gold. You're golden, Pony Boy. SummerSlam in New York. Yes. That's going to be a big one. Um, Yeah, man. Well, what was your favorite? The whole weekend, (laughs) we did everything. We saw wrestlers constantly. We entered into the WWE bubble for four days straight. We even bought an urn. We bought an urn. And we carried it around downtown San Jose. Yes. And people were giving us condolences. Yes. That's true. All true that facts. That was kind of awesome in itself. It was great. Dropped it a few times. People were real nervous. That was your moment, though? No, 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 no. Is the question the best moment of the what whole What was weekend? your favorite thing of WrestleMania weekend? I mean, you could include Raw if you want, but we weren't at Raw, so I'm assuming it's not as special. I would say the NXT event... Yeah. As a whole. Because mm-hmm. then I get to cover, like, lots. It's right. all-inclusive. And then seeing the, on a, on a personal level. Yeah. Just, so it was, like, about 5 a.m., got up for our flight, headed back to the airport, real tired, no caffeine. And, like, of course it just had to culminate with we're checking out at the front desk. And who else is checking out? The million-dollar man. <laughs> and I was just like, what is going on? Yeah. And I hate to talk about people's personal details, but that dude paid his whole bill in cash. He's a million dollar man. Everybody's he got paid a price. In cash. And, and me and Sam were standing there behind him. And I was like, dude. He's paying in cash right now. He must have a million dollars in that bag. And he's like, I'll pay that in cash. <laughs> <laughs> of course you will. Yeah. It's five o'clock in the morning. We're trying to figure out what's reality anymore. We don't it even had know. Had to at that culminate point. with that moment. I think, and then probably checking. We, we, so w- when you have the opportunity to sit on the floor, you get to check your, or you get the keep the chairs, right? Obviously. Oh God. So we had to try getting that through baggage claim. Yeah, that was brutal. We had to we had to check the chairs. We had to check the chairs, and then wait on the turnstile for the chairs to go. We didn't wrap them. We didn't put them in anything. No, people thought we were total assholes. We were. We are. <sighs> It's what it is. That was very fun. It was awesome. And it's now a piece of my living room furniture. Good. Good. I think... Uh, what was your favorite moment? As a wrestling fan, my favorite moment was probably uh, watching The Undertaker and Bray Wyatt, watching that match. Mm. I wanted Bray Wyatt to win. Wow. You're going to put that up there? I loved it. I mean, that was for me, like, that was... Yeah. I was just there. As a person, probably my favorite thing was... Uh, going up and saying hi to Maria Menounos and her uh, boyfriend, Kevin. And I went upstairs, and this was before Hall of Fame and before any of that. So this was before she had done anything on TV. 
and I went upstairs to say hi to him. And Kevin goes, Sam, Sam, you got to see this. Maria did this all on her own. I was like, what? And he's like, Maria, show Sam. And I'm like, I don't know what I've got myself into. And Maria just walks out. She's got her eyes shut. And she recites word for word in a fantastic impression the entire Dusty Rhodes hard time promo from start to finish. And I was like, it blew me away. Blew me away. You know what I mean? Word. Word. All right, Katie. Although, I will say this, tooling around access with an urn <laughs> is way high up there. And also, I think maybe my favorite was also you bringing your crew who couldn't know or care less about wrestling and making them wear WrestleMania t-shirts and Ryback hoodies and getting into it. They it was awesome. It. it was awesome. I'm glad you came. Yay. Um, and I'm glad you're here on the podcast. Of course, if you want to get in touch with Katie Linendahl. All you have to do is uh, follow her on Twitter, at Katie Linendahl. She's on Facebook, at Katie Linendahl. She's even on Instagram, at Katie Linendahl. Who knew? And uh, all of our interviews are up now at YouTube.com slash NotSam. Thanks for hanging again, Katie. Amazing. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. Follow at NotSam on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. And subscribe for free to listen every week to Sam Roberts Wrestling Podcast. For the ones who get going when the going gets tough. And the ones who know we're tougher together. For the pathfinders breaking new ground. Granger offers supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as fast access to experts and 24-7 customer support. Because we know you have people depending on you. So you can always depend on us. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.